Hello and welcome to Drunk Bitches and Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. And I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome, drunk delegates. And welcome to any of our new listeners. We are so happy to have you. Um, we do have a request, ask, hard, I miss you saying hard ask. I need to do a hard ask. From a campaign perspective, yes. this goes back to our, <laughs> our campaign, campaign manager. Yes. So um, if you love our podcast, which I know you do because that's why you're listening. Thank you so much. If you could share it with, or actually not if, will you share it with two friends? Two, that's all. Just two. One, two. Just share it with two friends. And then also, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you rate and comment. If you're at Google Play, can you rate mm-hmm. and comment? Yeah. Download on Spotify so it shows up. Like, we just, we're, we're still new and we're, we're struggling. <laughs> we're, the struggle is real. We're, we're struggling <laughs> artists. We're building. Okay. Yes. And we need your help to build. Yes. And we would just appreciate it. We're here for y'all. I mean, we're here for selfish reasons, too, because we love to talk about politics and drink wine. So we were like, well, maybe other people will like to listen to us as well, because we kind of think we're a little funny. But (laughs) wait till we come out with our outtakes when we're famous. Yeah. They're fucking hilarious. We're pretty funny. Speaking of the outtakes, you just gave me an idea. So if you guys would like to hear some of our outtakes, let us know. Either send us an email at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Let us know and we'll, oh, we'll share some. Or you, yeah, definitely add us on Twitter and then we'll, yeah. Start doing some outtakes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where sometimes Mishy and I are talking and Ray is recording us and we don't even know. Y'all, we and- had 30 minutes of outtakes before we even started recording today. It's... It's a lot. And also drink requests. If there's anything you want to suggest to us, yeah. yes. send it all to us. We'd love to hear you guys. So what are we drinking tonight, ladies? Oh, tonight we have us a bottle from Dreaming Tree, which Dreaming Tree is a collaboration between Dave Matthews and award-winning winemaker McKenzie, <laughs> Sean McKenzie. This is super cool because I didn't know that Dave Matthews had a passion for wine, so that's super cool to find out. So they started this line, they come up with all these different kind of wines, and it's super cool. What they write on the back of the bottle from Sean, he says, Dave and I are passionate about creating wines with soul. The rhythm of our California cab highlights classic aromas of blackberry, cherry, and bittersweet chocolate with hints of toasty oak. Mm, I can't wait. This one the is, mouth is watering mm-hmm. just listening. This one is loaded with character and is easy to drink. And that was from Sean McKenzie. Dave says we share many common interests, wine, and the drinking of it. Kind of like us, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> they play music, um, we talk about politics. Yeah. And we try to sing. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and he says food and friends and sitting down to share them. And we are both not fishermen. <laughs> Dave Matthews. <laughs> so, like, this is said, this is a 2016... 20- and who doesn't like Dave Matthews? Right, who doesn't like Dave I mean, you're just an awful human being if you don't like Matthews. Great, great music. Yeah. 20, so this is a 2016 cab. Oh, it's um, aged. It's aged. Um, great yellows. Sean did a great job of describing the highlights of the aromas of blackberry and cherry and chocolate. So I'm really excited to try this. We haven't had a cab here in a while because we've been trying to be adventurous. I know. You've been um, stopping me. Every time I had total wine, I'm like, ooh, look, it's in. You're like, no, no cab, no, no cab. cab, no cab. 
Uh, but Cab is just always tried and true. Then one bottle you go to. What's what's the alcohol content? Uh, it's thirteen point five. Okay, because usually cabs are a little strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. just thinking we might need something yes. really strong tonight after this <laughs> this week of boy day. It's been a rough week. Ah! <laughs> so yes, this is a actually a very gorgeous bottle. I wonder who the artist is. It's got little specks of gold for the leaves. We'll take a picture and post it. So I'm gonna go ahead pop that shit. and pop this shit. Let's see here. I'm excited about this one. I am too, especially see since my glass is empty. Dave Matthews makes a good Ooh, Ooh. nice. <laughs> a good of a wine as he does music. Glug glug nieces. Ooh, nice and bold. You know, cab is a bold. So gonna be nice and dark and tasty. I smell the dark cherry. You smell the dark cherry. No, you don't. <laughs> you lie, bitch. Mm. No, actually, I do. I, I don't even know what cherries. I you know what? We when I think of cherry. Full? I think of the air freshener I get from our car. That's, That's cherry. That's cherry. Artificial <laughs> cherry scent. And it doesn't smell like it's those. those fruity notes that you smell. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. Oh, shit, that's good. That is really good. Very smooth. So, Dreaming Tree. I recommend everybody go grab... Hello, wine. That was some pre-gaming. That was pre-gaming. Um, go grab a bottle of Dreaming Tree. That is amazing. That is... It's very smooth. It yeah, is really good. I got two bottles of that. I got that at Berkshire's. Down, nice. the, down the road. I'm going to go get another this bottle This would be a very good wine and cheese wine. Yeah. Like with a good brie, crackers, or gouda. Mmm. Or beef goulash. Oh, beef goulash. Still, which, which is delicious. Yeah. This is amazing. Well, thank you, Sam and Dave. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get started because we got a lot to cover. Because we had two huge debates this past week uh, with the Democratic pool of candidates. Oh, 20 fucking decisions. 2020. <laughs> All so many, we had to break them down. <laughs> oh, I know. And just FYI, anybody who's bitching about how many candidates there are, there were 20 Republican candidates in 2016. So just, you know. And I look mean, what they ended up with. Right. We're trying to do a little God, bit better. <laughs> they didn't even do the narrow down the right they way. Didn't. No, Complete no. Complete breakdown. So, it, I mean, I, I think it's good and bad. I think it's good to have a lot of choices. I just hope a lot of people drop out after... This week. Well, there there were a couple that could have just gone after yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that there will be another debate. Yes. And so the criteria for that, which I don't have with me, is higher. And so there are some that barely squeaked into this. They are not going to. Right, right. This will thin the herd. Yeah. They'll have to have one zillion dollars in the bank. (laughs) Okay, so the way we're going to split this up is we're just going to talk about debate night number one. And then debate night number two. And then I have a fun little game for us to play afterwards. Ooh, are y'all, I love Are y'all down for that? I love okay. game. Yay, 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 yay. Okay. So debate night number one. Ray, do you want to give us the list of who was there for d- debate night number one? Yes. So for night one, we had Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar, Bill de Blasio, John Delaney, and Tim Ryan. Hmm. Hmm. Nice pool of candidates. 
Um, what, what do we want to talk about first? I mean, there's there's a lot. So, Mishy, do you have like your your first thoughts of the night? First, like, do you want to talk about a particular person? You want to start with with Beto and how he looked like he might have had food poisoning the night before? Wow. So, of the which two, breaks my heart. It is so heartbreaking. Of the two debates, night one was very entertaining. Um, Beto looked green. I was worried about him. I really, we joked in the chat about the fact that he had food poisoning and you thought I was serious and it seemed legit. He had a five o'clock shadow, which was, I saw in pictures prior to the debate starting that he looked pretty decent in those pictures. Like the five o'clock shadow looked a little sexy. And then on the stage, it looked like he was homeless and dying. He, it Do you think he not, just didn't get the makeup like everybody else did? Didn't, I've seen, we've seen him in person. He looks a lot better than that. So yeah, I mean, he doesn't even really need makeup. He looks like, rough as hell. He looks sick, sickly, and that five o'clock shadow, it just didn't do him and, and, and it, it looked like he was just run down. Right. And that, in turn, I think hurt him when he was trying to speak about subjects. Um, I, I just didn't, I didn't feel that Beto fire that I usually feel when I've seen him in town halls and at dinners. I think whatever was causing him to not have that fire. Is what caused him to look like shit. Okay. I, I think that... Because I don't think he really... He's a dude. He didn't pay attention to how he looked. You know what I mean? I, yeah. don't, I don't even know that he was aware that he looked like a death. <laughs> he, he and I did see an, his interview later on with Chris Matthews. Mm-hmm. I told you on the chat. I was like, he actually looked fine. So I don't know what happened between then and, and you know, an hour later when he yeah. had his interview. If the lighting was different and he just maybe just wasn't highlighting how bad he looked when he was on maybe, stage. Maybe, Um I was just not impressed maybe with him. Maybe because he's so tall and was in the center. Maybe it just like he was closer <clears throat> to the light. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, aside from the way he looked, like if he looked like shit but said some really amazing things, I'd be like, damn, you must, you had food poisoning, you came out like a lion. He, but he just wasn't impressive. He did not look well and definitely got drowned out. Yeah. He did um, by all the action on the stage and definitely... Oh, that exchange between him and Julian was... Oh! Julian went for the jugular. And yeah. This, this is one of the things that... Beto playing middle of the line and playing that moderate line, he's always been that. We've always had this discussion, and that's why we always... A lot thought of people don't be, think he is, but, but he is totally centrist. And this is why he would have made a great Senate candidate, mm-hmm. which, and which is why a lot of people thought he would have been great running against Hornet. Um, but... It definitely gave Julian ammunition to attack him on it. And I felt like Julian came in with nothing to lose. Oh, oh he absolutely. totally did. So he was bare, yeah. he was one of the people that barely scraped in there. Right. So and this it was, was like, his... fuck it, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the jugular, as you said, Michi, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh Julian, you know, ate his lunch, ate Beto's lunch. And totally and, it, and Beto just didn't have that fight in him to fight about it. And it, he got Because taken he's down. always like you said, he's always been middle of the road. So yeah. the things that he was saying didn't surprise me. Yeah. Right. But he was he was getting I don't even gonna say attacked. Even, like don't let's don't be the struggle. No, he got out debated. He got out debated. He got out debated because yeah. he, he had any opportunity he had to walk in. We saw him debate Ted Cruz for Christ's oh, sake. Yeah, that there was we no did. And it's uh, personally, I enjoyed the Texas Showdown. That's what I was calling Hell it. Hell yeah! The Texas Boy Showdown. And you that gotta, was not the same Beto on the, stage this week, right? Because when given an opportunity for Beto, who's from El Paso, to come out and really talk about strong immigration policy, he played centrist. Yeah. And Julian saw that opportunity. He was like, "I'm not throwing away my shot." 
this is what we gonna do today. Yeah. And you're gonna stop fucking playing middle ground and we're gonna talk about how to solve this thing. And he laid out some excellent immigration policy and he... I'm not even gonna lie. I was so impressed by Julian. De- debate night. He was one of those like people who came out of nowhere and oh slapped me across the face. So I want to talk a little bit about what you were saying because Julian definitely he went hard on Beto. Um, it was like he was he was fighting for Texas. You know, it yes. was just like it was a look, Texas showdown. For it was sure. a Texas showdown. Yeah. You know, both of us want Texas's vote. I liked where he was going with how he drew a very distinct comparison between himself and Beto. He was saying how I have a plan for dreamers. I don't want to criminalize seeking asylum. I want to repeal section 1325 and you want to keep it. And he was the only candidate to talk about section 1325. I'm torn on that because on one hand he started yelling out like section 1325, 1825. People don't know about that shit. Well, but at least to give you something to go look at to do your due diligence. Or you didn't care enough and you were just impressed by the display of... The fight. Yeah. Um, but so for those that... He knows his constitutional law, though. Exactly. But yeah. so for those of you that don't know what 1325 is, it states that entering the U.S. between ports of entry is a crime. And this has actually been a law since like the 1920s, 30s era. Oh, yeah. And it's just With something... With Woodrow Wilson, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so it's just something that they have really ramped when, up. When America was trying to be uh, America first... Natural, uh, nationalist and all that stuff. It was, mm-hmm. It's exactly when they did that law. Yes. Yeah. And so what I really liked is that, <clears throat> and I say I liked it, I, I don't have a side. I really do like Beto. I want the best candidate to come forward. And however you get to that, we get to that path is what I want. So, you know, steel sharpens steel. And if, if, if Beto can rise from this, then great. Which if I think Julian he can. The but one that, I think he can bounce back. But if back. Julian is the one that comes out ahead of that, then great. That's what debates are for. Exactly. exactly. So what Julian told him is like he kept, as he was going over him with all of that, he was like, do your homework. And Beto didn't even respond to he that. He did not. And that, to me, is where he came off weak. Because... He's from the border, and they both have a different story and a connection and to Beto immigrants. And Beto has been doing this. I'm, I'm sorry, but Julian has not been as um, involved in the border stuff as he Beto has. I mean, he has a different hands story. On. Hands a, on. Right. Well, he has a different family story. But I'm talking about right. Beto. Has he was growing up there? But not only that, he spent Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. Like serving dinners and stuff like that right. on the border to refugees. And so, that's great. So he, and there's a lot of stuff where he hasn't even been filmed about. Too. I mean, he just has always been doing this. So what I was thinking with Sorry. that is the yeah. fact that, no, it's okay. Is it because he does, they both bring a different side of the immigrant experience yeah. to them. Is that Julian has that personal, like he's a second generation American. He, he knows what that's like. But then Beto brings a, I live in a border city. Right. So I have a different experience. So he sees more of what's dealing with the problems with trafficking and, and things like that. And he also sees the camps every time when he goes back home exactly. across the fence and, and is so horrified by he it. He had a great opportunity to be say, I do my homework. I do my homework every day. And every time I met all Pat, yeah, and he just exactly. didn't come back with that. He just kind of fuddled. He did fuddle. He did he didn't have to fight in him. It just it because he could have definitely fought back and talked about all the things that he'd done, but it it seemed like he really did not have solid immigration so let me, policy. Let me, let me ask y'all. I'm going to ask you a, a hard question about Beto. Because this is this is how I felt after the debates. I was like, 
I just don't know that he wants it. I wonder if maybe he just felt pressure to get into this race. And I'm wondering if it, he's just slowly going, I don't know how bad I want this. I think he wants this. You do? But I think that Beto, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Some of y'all somewhere are going to be offended by this, but it's the truth. But I think that the rock star got to Beto. And you can mm. see that. When, as a candidate, and I've seen this the happen. Ego. I've seen this happen a lot of times. With, with candidates is that when you've run and people like you, your celebrity kind of carries you. Well, people love and you. Not like you. Love when people you. love you. Because he's I loved. was getting up every morning to see where Beto was driving that morning. I had Beto on my Facebook Live as I was in the shower getting out. I was like, I hope to God they can't see me. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. On Beto the pot. see my titties. Yeah. Right. Um, on the pot. I mean, seriously, like getting ready, like flat iron my hair, putting my makeup on, all that stuff. I had Beto Facebook Live until I got in the car. Every morning for like nine months. He is absolutely loved. We adore him. But I think that a little bit of that rock star factor sometimes, mm. you you have a little sum on your shoulder when you go on that stage you feel like, oh, who the fuck I am? You don't necessarily say that, but it's like you've done the work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've... Beto's been on the trail for like the last three and a half years. He's been driving years. a van for two and a half right. years. Right. Right. And okay. so I think. Across, there, across Texas and other states. There are certain things where you feel like the rock star factor is going to carry you a little bit. And then I think. Mm. And then there's certain things like the. Not that I was necessarily mad at the Spanish. I know a lot of people were mad at the Spanish. Oh. But there are a lot of people who did their due diligence who knew he was going to use the Spanish and everybody on that stage was speaking Spanish. So now what? Right, and so he's the most fluent, though he is. He is. It's, it is, yeah, but it's like for people child, for people so. who are not fluent who don't speak Spanish, there was no difference there. Well, and here's the thing: is that like I you, think if you're fluent in Spanish, there was no. That's why I said for people yeah. who are not fluent, oh, yeah, well, like, they don't know the difference, right? So yeah. if it was a, a tactic to set you apart, it did not work for and, people who don't speak Spanish. And Michi, to your rock star statement, it's also because he didn't just have Texas support. Oh, he had America right. support. Right. He yeah. had America support. There were people right. in all over, not just California and New no, York no, either. No, all all he had people from Iowa. He had people from North Dakota. He had people from Wyoming donating thousands of dollars, the limit to his campaign to be Cruz. Mainly because that's how much Cruz is fucking hated. But, and that's the thing is that a lot of people loved him so much because of how much they hated Cruz. Right. And, and, then and he now, was so much better than Cruz. It, right. it wasn't, it wasn't the like, oh, we just want to get somebody because Trump is horrible. Anybody's better. It was just because he was so much better than Cruz. Right. He right? had no competition in his own primary. I mean, yes, I know there were two other people uh, running, but nobody yeah. even knew it. It was a given that he was getting that. So he had that. Yeah. So he essentially was campaigning against Cruz all that time. Yeah. He was campaigning in Texas. In Texas, using the Spanish, it felt genuine. It, it felt did. real. And, and if I heard someone, I read somebody posted something. They were talking about Beto breaking in that Spanish quick, fast, in a hurry. And they called it his pandering. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's called his pandering. Yeah, it's called his pandering. His pandering. That's this what people saying. <laughs> the his pander is real because then okay, everybody. Well, let's, let's also remember where the fucking debate was. 
It was in Miami. It was in Miami, Florida. Right. And, and have y'all ever been to Miami? Okay. I know. Well, yeah, I, I was, I've been in Spanish speaking people. In not, not just a lot, y'all. This isn't like going to Spanish. When you're in Miami, every Uber I got into, every place I went, that is all they speak. I get that. But this so, was a, a primary to not just the people in Miami, I know. to the American people. I know. And it came off fake. It didn't. And I, 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 it I necessarily. It came that's, off, that's, that's my opinion. I don't think it came off. It came off predictable. So it came off it predictable. It did come off predictable because I. Rolling. We actually did predict this. Yes. Because we talked about. And <laughs> we, we, we wrote a prediction on DBPA's page, you and I. And the mm-hmm. first thing we said when we mentioned Beto was like, he's going to say something in Spanish. Yep. Yeah. But the, the thing that's great until. Two other motherfuckers are now speaking Spanish. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, and then it's well, and it's it's. I mean, of course, Julian was going to. Well, that doesn't surprise here's me. Here's the thing: it's my and apparently he wasn't always fluent in yes. Spanish. He had to learn because the people in San Antonio were giving him shit. Oh yeah, he's so still he not fluent. So he speaks it with an English, an American accent. He gringo. I <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. And people bitch at Beto about his accent too, but I'm like, he's from El Paso. He speaks it and he speaks it with that accent. I mean, I just I have friends in El Paso. Like right. he, it's, it's well, not any different. But well, can we talk ahead. about the best Spanish accent of the night? <laughs> oh, Corey. Corey oh, busted honey. out that seventh grade Spanish. <laughs> Listen, Corey, uh-huh. I'm here for a little black Hispanic brother, okay? He was here with his accent. I was digging it. I was like, you go ahead and you throw out what you got, Corey. Throw it out. Everybody's leaving this shit. I was making her Miyamo as Corey Booker. <laughs> it's a problemo in a bordero. <laughs> and I have never clapped so fucking hard in my life. Because I was like, you throw everything that you have out there. Leave it all on that stage. Because there's a million motherfuckers who are not going to recognize the difference between what Julia said, what Pedro said, and what you said. He could have been speaking English with a Spanish accent. Do you, boo? <laughs> and meanwhile, Tulsi's over there like going, aloha. <laughs> Did y'all see Corey's face, though? There's that picture. Well, that's broke out. No, and he was actually interviewed about that, and he said the moment Beto busted out in Spanish, he was like, oh, "I know what time it is. I had to break out my Spanish because that's what we're doing." And I, while we're on this on the subject of his of his pandering, I, I I didn't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not Latinx. I don't speak Spanish. But as someone who is very oh, friend, confused for it all the time, all the time. But as someone who is familiar with from Zimbabwe, <laughs> as, as someone who is familiar with political pandering, for me, and I'm interested to hear you guys' opinion. I didn't feel like this was pandering. I I felt like this was recognizing that there's a constituency, and this is how you fight for them by saying, "I realize how important you are." So here's me, and Especially this is me trying to. Since the Hispanic percentage that votes Democrat has not has done nothing but dwindle and dwindle oh, and dwindle of course. over years, ever since Clinton, even before Clinton, that 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 um, well, I think I just said it. The percentage of people of Hispanic. People I looked at it Democrat. as like a sort of like Absolutely. olive branch because when we're looking at the numbers of all the voting groups, Hispanics don't vote that well. They're not a large voting group. And I felt that this was an important olive branch to extend to say, I want to be... I want you to come over. I want I want your vote. Like, And if you can't win Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, guess what you need to win? Texas and Florida. If you... You can lose five or six Midwestern states, but you win Texas and Florida, 
And and with Texas being a and here's the thing, you got it. If if Texas goes, it's purple right now. But if Texas fucks around and goes blue, politics in this country is gonna change. And with the Hispanic population, I can remember the days when it was blue. That's, <laughs> that's how old I am. And so it was just really interesting for them to realize. Of course, I hope that it doesn't stop at just like busting out three words of Spanish. No, like you really. Give us some policies that are, you know, right. are going to drive people to the polls that make people feel excited. But I, I looked at it as an olive branch and I didn't attribute any malice to it because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, his pandering. And I was like, I really, listen, Hillary Clinton came to the breakfast club and put out a, be- a bottle of hot sauce out of her purse. <laughs> that I know what pandering looks like. So I just, I, I appreciated that there <laughs> People who are on the stage trying to show bitch ain't never cared about a hot sauce in her purse. Bitch, you don't know. She said she's from Arkansas, okay? She she might like never cared a purse. Swag. Um, yeah, okay. We talked about uh Beto and Julian, a little bit about Corey. I don't really have any other big points with Corey. I I mean, I feel like, oh, I do. Hold up, we got to talk about de Blasio. And first of all, I expected him to just kind of. Be there and not do anything. Oh, no, baby. He, he actually had a lot of good talking points that he was saying. The problem is he just came off like he was just yelling at everybody when he had them. So the message wasn't well received. But it was the Bernie of, of the night. He, oh, God. <laughs> but one of the points that stuck and that made me go to pull up Mishy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> was when he... Popped off with the I have a black son, and then Corey popped oh, off. Oh, oh my god, how could I forget about that? As an African American man who lives, who in, the lives in the fucking hood, I know about the plight of the African American people. Right, it was oh. just, it, and this is why debates are so great. It was just like, and I understand, look, the fact is, he does have a black son, right? Like, so. One, I'm not saying that he's going to go know everything. No. But if that's something that is your experience and you're out there getting votes, you want people to know that it's you have true. a vote. Don't use your son as political capital, which is how it came off. And like he was like, is it did come off and, like that. Because God, he didn't point to him out in the crowd and make him gee, stand up. Look at my black son. I, like, I, <laughs> like Trump. Cause it, look at my black in the corner. I think yes. the message would have actually come across a lot better if he hadn't even said that he has a black son. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had just talked about the experience of his son and let you figure out that his son is drag. Is it right. Yeah. And then, then you would have been like, well, why would he say so? Oh, shit, he has a black son. Right. Then it would have been more genuine. But when the first thing you say is, I have a black friend, I got a black son, <laughs> you, it's just, you... Right. It's like, so what I'm... Oh, I can talk like that, Miss. You have a black friend. Right. <laughs> and I understand the struggle. It came off like that. Oh, shit. And I think you hit the nail on the head because I have a black daughter. <laughs> so, And I call and, you out on that all the do. time. And you do. Because my experience as the mother of black daughters is not the same as being those black daughters. Right. So, you know. But you recognize that. And I recognize that. You talk you know? about being the mother of... Right. I yeah. talk about my experience of what it's like to raise them or to observe or what I observe being so directly close to the things that they go through. Yeah. So, but I think you, somebody needs to hire you, but you know, if you were sitting there coaching him, I think that would have been the right thing to do is to say about his son's experience and not have to call it out. Because oh, I thought de Blasio would have been afraid to walk backstage if Michi was on his campaign. <sighs> 
Because he knows she would have bitch slapped him. It definitely came across. What the fuck are you doing? It definitely came across as using his Uh, sons as political capital. It was so disingenuous. It was cheap. It was cheap. I understood what he was trying to do. Like the Pilgrim Mother Wine last week. Oh my god. Cheap and bad. Cheap and bad and a little salty. Um, he is he is hooch wine. He's a hooch wine. Disappointment and socks. It socks. <laughs> the straight lies and disappointment. <laughs> but other than that particular hot take, he definitely tried to find his spot and yeah. tried to let people know. Oh, I have an interesting fact for you girls. Was, uh, um, after the debate, speak, speak. Corey saw his best fundraising day the day after the debate. Really? Yes. He did see a spike. He saw ah. a huge spike. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, I guess, when we decide who we think won the debates or not. But let's, who, who else do we want to get into from night let's, one? Oh, well, Elizabeth Warren. Thank you. That's who I had next to my <laughs> list. The queen. I mean, I kind of wanted to save the best for last, in my opinion. I, can I but... just say something about Elizabeth Warren? I'm yes, so excited about it. I feel so bad in the sense that, like, I expected excellence from her. And she delivered excellence. So it's like, I was like, this just goes with Warren. She's exactly. a genius. And right. I feel like. It's like the, getting surgery and they didn't take a cut off the wrong leg. Right. I'm and like, I I'm was, not impressed because this is what I expected. And I, I, I was like, why am I doing that? Because it's like the boys got so much more attention about because we were all expecting them to be mediocre. And we were surprised by people who expect to be mediocre and to, 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 to do better. Right. And it's <laughs> like, oh. But Elizabeth was like, she's genius, and she just genius the whole you thing. You know, I, I, so the image in my mind that I had of Elizabeth Warren as they were walking out is I was like, I feel like she's like the, the guy back in the 50s that sold encyclopedias and had the encyclopedias like stacked up on the, what's the thing called that you move furniture with and stuff? Trolley? The, well, yeah, trolley. yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like she should have been walking in there with her volumes. Oh, her policy. I have a policy for that. I mean, on on page fifty nine in volume three hundred and sixty eight. Yeah. One thing I liked and, is my like, policy like for dealing minute, with Mitch McConnell. Yeah, like the minute the minute De Blasio said, "I have a black son," Elizabeth goes, "Hold on, I have a policy for that." Uh huh. <laughs> like looks up discrimination. Right. Like, you, exactly. Yeah. What about the moment where they asked her if she had a policy for Mitch McConnell? And she's like. I do. I was like, she will She will probably open her book and start looking through that. Oh, she's been waiting. She's been waiting. To have a po- First of all, her policy is vote him the fuck out. But it's like, of all the yeah. candidates, night one, night two, whatever, she's unbeatable when it comes to policy. It's just, you can't argue with someone who invented the CFPB. Like, right. you like, come on, guys. The reason why we have consumer protections is because exactly. of Elizabeth Warren. You know the CFPB, yeah, you know me. <laughs> Oh, my God. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Um, I did see an article that was talking about her, and it was was like a bit of a slur, not slur, but a a dig at the fact of the way she dresses, the fact that she generally has- Oh, that's going to piss me off. I know. She generally has on a black top and a colored blazer, and they showed like her going from the blue to purple to whatever, right? the different shades and it's like okay nobody does this shit with guys changing the color of their ties 
What the fuck do you want her to come I, out in a twin sweater set? She could go up on that stage wearing a potato sack with holes in the ass and still be better than everyone exactly. on that stage. And the only reason wise. I want to bring up what she... I bring that up because I thought that was shitty that they did a dig. Because I did notice what she was wearing. But only reason I brought I bring it up is because it made her stand out. She was the only person that wore purple. Like, she knew... That first of all, she is one of the tiniest people that's going to be on that stage. Yeah, she knew she was going to be in a sea of men that and have next like bl- to, blazers. And next to the tallest person was she next to Beto? I'm pretty sure she was. Yeah, she's next to like yeah. the giant. She's not, she's not particularly a loud person. No, Her voice doesn't carry. No. She's and she's, she's not tiny. Michelle. No, she's tiny. And she, even next what? to what? <laughs> no, y'all. I'm talking from across the room. Just FYI, she is actually she's on the bench outside the patio. <laughs> I, Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, but I, I, do, I whisper loud. <laughs> it it made her catch my eye every time I saw her on that screen, even though she was the one of the tiniest. So people she on was that strategic screen. in what she wore. She was, and you know what? Good for her. That's her fucking decision. But nobody else should be able to comment. Exactly. That's actually an interesting take because I actually didn't. I did because the, I I tend to notice that the men all just kind of blur together, and the only thing you can notice different on them is their ties. Their ties, yeah. That's like small your eye goes, and it may be too from um, uh, drilling uh, candidates like you do when they're speaking, be. right? Because I mean, be. you did that a lot in your last couple of campaigns mm-hmm. where they're de- they're doing their debate, and you're and you're having to debate. drill them. So mm-hmm. that may be where that comes Just from, right? Standing out, yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah, to she didn't. I mean, she said everything she needed to say. I mean, she definitely got the tax policy correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Her and De Blasio were the only ones that said they wanted to abolish private insurance. So that was an interesting thing for me, uh, mainly with Beto, because I feel like he has backtracked on that, and I'm really pissed off and upset about that. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I don't like the fact that he's changing his mind on a policy that he ran on as senator, and now he's saying that he... Because I felt like he was always Medicare for all, right? Or was he always, you can keep your private well, insurance? Well, there's a difference. Or was he Because he can say Medicare for all, but not necessarily decide if private insurance would So here's exist. the thing too. So in the UK and Canada, they're still fucking private insurance companies, yeah. right? Yeah. You can buy that yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's really fucking expensive. Yeah. So I don't even know why this is a discussion of, I think it's, I think it's more of a discussion of can you keep your employer's insurance, right? Where it's, this is going to be a tax out of your paycheck. Why wouldn't you get on that insurance? That's stupid. Well. Um, so it's kind of like, well, I don't want to, don't take the the road tax out of my check because I'm not going to ever drive on roads. No, you don't have a choice. You don't You don't drive on those roads. Doesn't matter. You fucking pay a tax on it. I anyway. think like private insurance in, in a universal system will exist to give you that Sort of extra that it'll be the rich people machine. I want my vision coverage, or you know what I mean, kind of like not not quite the same way, but you know how right now you have your medical coverage, but you pay extra for a dental plan, you pay extra for a vision can plan. So I think it would be kind of similar in the sense that you have your medical coverage through your Medicare for all, Mm -hmm. but if you want the extras that might cover you being able to get cosmetic surgery, right? And I think those are the extras because I don't feel like like I think under universal. Anything relating to the eyes would be covered, like your eye insurance. Right, I'm just saying that. using how they're considered right. separate from the A plan. So, but I think it's like that little extra you want, like you you <clears> want to <throat> have your surgery, you want to be in a luxurious room by yourself, being catered to. You want to yeah. come in on days that you um want to come in on and whatever. I think it it has to be 
private insurance will exist to give it. No one is talking about taking private insurance away. Well, the thing that the thing. baffles you me, say that nobody's talking about it, but that's the thing. Some people are talking. They about asked. It. They were like, "How yeah. many of you are are um, Warren and De Blasio were in favor of taking private insurance away?" Uh, see, I think that question when that but question is asked like that, it's misconstrued, it's misconstrued, and that's why I don't like them asking because, that. I know what Warren means by right, that. And, she just means that you will get our health insurance if you want to go get extra insurance. Right, that's up to and you. And that's how I always perceive that question is that when you're asked, "Do you want to get rid of private insurance?" In my mind, I'm thinking you're asking me. Do you want private insurance to not be the only option in this country, thus giving only wealthy people right. health insurance? I don't think, I don't, why would, if someone starts a business and they're giving private insurance, why would you want to take But there's them? the thing, is that, that that becomes part of the problem, is that my, I have a full-time job. My employer pays for insurance and I pay a portion of the premiums. But I also have a shit ton of a deductible out-of-pocket uh-huh. co-pays and whatnot. And so by getting rid of private insurance, my employer is going to have to pay more in taxes. I will have to pay more in taxes, but then I won't have that. But if you say that... The amount that you pay in taxes won't outweigh the amount that you're paying now, though, is what warrants... But the thing is, is that if you have employers paying more because of the Medicare for All, they are not going to contribute as much to an individual's portion of insurance. Right. And so... I think that you need both. You need to either get rid of it for 90% of people and it becomes a add-on plan yeah, it's type just, thing. It's just... Or it's... Why, it's like pet insurance. Right. But it's the thing about... The thing about... Like pet insurance. The thing... The insurance system in this country is <clears throat> rotten. There's not really an argument one can make for it. No. Because it has become strictly it's, a for-profit system. Of which I understand. But it's like your for-profit system can't be a system where... There's really no solutions to cure or treat people. It's just to keep people in the process where they're giving you money. And there's no quality of life in that. Yeah, I just I think the the questioning is is should be different. It should be different. So one of the things I do like that Warren broke brought up is that it was I think it was right after that came up, is that she said she has studied why families go broke. Mm-hmm. And it's they go broke because of medical expenses. And they go broke. People that have insurance go And that's broke. what she said. Go, and she was like, and it's the people who have what we call private insurance or employer people insurance go that broke. go broke. I, I have a coworker of mine whose family member is going to have to get spinal surgery. And they've had insurance and haven't really filed that many claims on it and it's regarded to be pretty decent insurance. And the amount that they're having to pay out of pocket, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's a legitimate surgery, but it's, it's not being deemed very necessary because it's not like he's in a wheelchair or anything. Not yet. And that's right. Right. And yeah. so those are all the things that are problematic about insurance because hell, I always say this there are two things that are the great equalizers in the world. It's being healthy and being educated. Yeah. And right now, the education system is failing, and people are dying in this country for things that are curable. Right. Like, because our system exists only to just slap a Band-Aid on and keep you coming in, and it's not a conspiracy theory. That's proven. Yeah. Because... To her point, Elizabeth talked about this. The healthcare system is a whole entire system. That's including the food that we're consuming, the things that we're putting in our body. Pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical companies. Well, okay, so that touches on another thing. So that a lot of times people, people who have a 
quote unquote normal level of healthcare expenses don't always think about this stuff. They get their, they've got their copays, deductibles, and out of pocket. They may never meet their out of pocket. And I, I bless you if you don't because out of pockets are high as hell. That means you're expensive. I did last year. <laughs> right. And so you have a feel for what. Because I surgeries. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a feel for what it's like if you're in a plan that you end, or your medical expenses are so high that you end up hitting your out of pocket. Yeah. But there are people who hit their out of pockets every single year and they have health conditions. I have a friend that has MS that their medications are considered non-formulary. So when you have a plan that has mm-hmm. like a tiered copays, like 25, 50, 100 even, which at the idea that you pay $100 a month per prescription sucks. But let's just say that that's your plan. But you've got a non-formulary drug, that means it doesn't qualify for any of those. And so you get like kind of a discount off of it, but you might pay $800 mm-hmm. a month for that prescription. And in a lot of plans, that doesn't count towards your out-of-pocket. Right. No. So you can have a $10,000 a year out-of-pocket. You met that in your expenses, which means that you had probably a lot more. I can't even do math right now. Too much wine. But you had a lot I'm more than off on your I know. I can't. Oh, my odd. God. It's the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> but you had a lot of medical expenses. You hit your out-of-pocket, and then you still have this fucking fee every single month to get your medication or you're fighting with your insurance because this one is con- is considered unproven. Uh, it's considered unproven. Okay. It's untested. It's experimental. Yeah, experimental. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. When I listen to people who try to make the argument for private insurance, there's no real argument. Right. Because you can't, I've never been able to listen to a candidate tell me the actual benefits of private insurance. Um, because other than the private insurance CEOs uh, make a lot of fucking money, right? And that's what it is because you you have people <laughs> along with the pharmaceutical companies and all the lobbyists for them. It's always the people who are getting money from the insurance companies or people who have oh. free healthcare because of our tax dollars right. that tell us that we should all be happy about. You mean like my insurance. like my representative, like your representative, uh-huh. who's yeah. who who Michael Burgess? Uh-huh. Shout out, who happens. To be Fuck one of the top recipients of Blue Cross Ooh. Blue Shield when it comes to getting donations. Yeah. So you have people who receive top Who is tier, a doctor. Who is, who is a, a doctor. fucking doctor. Right. And, and thinks that babies jack off in the womb. Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, fix just it. FYI, Google it. It happened. He just, did. He just, said it on Chris Hayes. It, it definitely happened. <laughs> but you have a bunch of people who are receiving top tier taxpayer health care telling us that we should be fucking excited about choice. What choice? Right. What choice? We don't have a the choice. The choice to go broke trying to stay healthy? Well, and not just that. You don't have a choice. Your employer has a choice. You're If if you are one of the lucky people that has employer-offered health coverage, right. because there's a ton of people that don't even have that, no. that you have the choices that your employer has chosen based on how much they're willing to pay and how much they're willing to pass on to you in the form of your premiums. But... That's limited. It's limited by how much your employer is willing to pay in order to pass off the, the other remaining costs to you. But you also have people that get anchored to their jobs because, because they can't health, lose their health care. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I look, in concept, if you were to think back to 80 years ago, before there was some kind of health insurance, the idea of health insurance, like any other insurance, is just you're pooling money to get something in a risk. And, and you, there's buying power in that. I totally understand the benefits of it. But as it has gone on, it has gotten to a point where your employer pays you less 
Because they say, well, I give you these benefits. benefits. I don't have an option to go somewhere else to get insurance. So I have to have a job. And I have to have a job that offers this kind of insurance. And it stifles a lot of the growth in small companies. Because for one thing, I love the idea that a company that opens up that only has 10 employees doesn't have to offer their employees health care. Because that could break them when you're struggling and you're a new company. But they should have, those employees have a right to have options. Exactly. They have a right to have options. And so when we talk about like an economy where we want to support business owners and things Mm -hmm. like that. Our current system doesn't help that. Right. No. Because the, what happened, I mean, my gosh, and there's a reason why we actually benefit by having, thank you, Obama, for Obamacare's provision mm-hmm. where you have to keep your, chi- or you're able to keep your children on your health insurance until they're 26. Yeah. Because those people, if they were able to go to college and graduate and get a good get a job or just or just work until they build up enough they- income where they can live on their own and afford either getting into the um, ACA or Obamacare. Right. Right. Or get an employer that has it. But they can try to, they can get out of college. They can be willing to take on a job that maybe is at a startup company or something like that and get a, a good and chance. And there, there are countries out there who are doing this just fine. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to pull us back into the <laughs> debates because um, obviously we could have 4,000 pods about healthcare. The world we here debating. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Okay, Elizabeth, do you want to join us? Can I add one so, point that yeah. Inslee made regarding health insurance or insurance Who's companies? Inslee? Jay Inslee. <laughs> one of the white I can't men even, that we not did. really. I, I know. When that man stepped on stage, I was like, who the who? fuck is that? Thank God for the name tag thingies across the, the oh, bottom. yikes, y'all. But he did have a good point where he said that insurance companies should not be able to die, deny women the right to choose. And currently, that is the case for plans that are... Employee fully insured, where they're 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 ran by the insurance company. The states can pass laws that requires it, but if they are employer funded, which a lot of insurance Hobby companies Lobby. are, exactly. Hobby Lobby, Lobby. Lobby won't even pay for birth control. Mm-hmm. They don't have. They can choose what Not they, to. they right, and I mean they can do that with a lot of different things that they can pick and choose what they want to cover. But but it, what it essentially does is it allows. A company's politics to affect your life, and you're exactly. still tied down to it because you need the healthcare. Like exactly. And those same companies have no problem covering in vitro. Mm-hmm. They have no problem covering Viagra. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's hypocritic. Yeah, baby making stuff. I think we can just all agree <laughs> that there's no real argument towards not ushering universal system and keeping a private system. Right. There's just no argument. Yeah. Yeah. No. Next. Next. Okay, so that's all we're gonna talk about instantly, please. Yes. That- <laughs> That was, oh, wait. There was other, one, than, other had, than the fact that it was just so pitiful to try to watch him talk. Oh, my God. He every did have, time, interject, and he so got shot down by the cunt. I wanted to go, bless your heart, Inslee. Bless his heart. He did have one point where he said, he starts trying to tell a story where he said, Trump thought I was a threat. And I was like, no, he did. No, he did not. Sit your little tired ass down. He did not think you were a threat. He didn't even know the <laughs> fuck you are. Because I don't know who the fuck you are. You think uh, Trump knows who you are if I don't know who you are? Come on. Yeah. No. We did miss a talking point I had for Julian is that he was talking about calling it not just reproductive rights, but reproductive justice, which is where I have a lot of... Maybe if you call it reproductive freedom, the Republicans will get on board because you know how they love to slap freedom at the end of everything. (laughs) I know, know, right? Gun freedom. Land freedom. Pussy freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Free the cooch. 
uterus freedom. Oh my gosh. But he did, um, Julian did have a little bit of a messed up, but he's going to get two points for, for trying. When he was talking about reproductive justice, he mentioned trans women. What he really meant would be trans men. Because yes. they are the ones that would have a uterus. Um, but he does get two points for saying it. it and it's, he it's, was the only candidate problem. that did it. Yeah, it's, it was a mistake. He gets half a cookie. But he thought about it. He, it was on the back of his It was. And sometimes you got to attribute it to... One other thing about uh, the topic of women's health. Uh, Warren, she really spoke to the heart of the problem, is that we need to be thinking about covering a full range of services, abortion and birth control, and that for 40 years, we have looked to the courts to protect Roe v. Wade, and we really need to make it a federal law. And that is such a good point, because we're like, oh, the courts will protect us, oh, the courts will protect us, and they've been chip, 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 yeah. chip, chipping away. And the state's rights and the whole thing. Who is yeah. the... Who's the dude from Washington that said something about, I'm the only, I, 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 this is the phrase I've hated for the past two fucking nights. I'm the only one on this stage, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The I Washington guy was like, I'm the only one, uh, the Washington governor was like, I'm the only one on the stage that has actually. Bennett? That has no, it laws. No, wasn't, it wasn't Bennett. The Washington governor. You expect me to remember? Washington state. We will that was on to night me. two, right? That was night two. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was night two. Hello, wine. Hello. It is I. <laughs> wow. Sorry, guys. Okay. So is this, is this about... where we talk about who the hot takes of No, we, we haven't finished. We got a couple little things we got to hit on still. Klobuchar. Who? Klobuchar need to talk about her a little bit. Who's that? The other lady, <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. Shame I, on you. I'm pissing Ray off. She, I don't fucking care who she is. I know but. you don't. Can we just talk about when she started talking about her Uncle Dick and his guns? And like, all phone with no beer? <laughs> I just wanted to think about what my Uncle Dick... No, sis. And his gut and his dear lease or whatever. I just don't. She, I was like, did she really just... <laughs> she went there. I, Uncle Dick is not on this side. He's with them other dicks on the other side. <laughs> right? Okay? With the with the true dicks. With the why does every white person have an Uncle tiny. Dick? <laughs> don't we all? Do you have an Uncle Dick? I had an Uncle Dick. Uh, no. No? Okay. Not even a Richard. Okay. Yeah, we're we're, we're smart uh, Southerners. Oh, okay. And, and they, Maybe it's not Northerners. I'm a, I was born Northern. That's right. I was yeah. born Yankee. <laughs> Does all you form are, no beer? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all what the foam, fuck is that? All foam. No, all foam no beer. All foam and no beer. How bottom. do you say foam? No, all foam no beer. <laughs> she's, she's been like... Minnesota, you can't say it. You got to foam, foam, and no beer. I will say Elizabeth Warren and Klobuchar, though they did bring the energy. They both had a lot of energy. Tulsi, yeah. Oh my god, Tulsi can pick up LGBTQ. and go home. I'm in the military, so I know about LGBT. But the, like, what the fuck does that even mean? But she's also been she didn't answer the question because she's been very problematic when it comes to policies. Yeah. For LGBTQIA people, so that was an opportunity for her. She, I mean, she came she out. Blamed she blamed it on her who being young, to, and that's how she grew up with conservative parents. And I feel like she didn't really take responsibility to say, right. you know what, like it's just a fuck up, and I will spend the rest of my elected years in office trying to make this right and prove that I'm on the right side of this. Right. It was just a cop out. I really didn't appreciate it, and it just 
there are a lot of liberals that grew up in conservative households and they started out conservative as well because we all tend to have the same beliefs as our parents at, at a young right. age. So there's no reason for her and to And they realize one that. day that her like, fucking oh parents God. that are racist and homophobic are wrong. Right. Because I'll, I will give a great example of someone who I love with every fiber of my being who wasn't always necessarily quote unquote on the right side of LGBTQIA policy. My beloved Barack Obama. He wasn't. He was not. He said he thought he thought marriage was between a man and a woman he, and he, for the first four years of his presidency. And then he came out and he said, I'm evolving. He didn't come out one day and he was like, oh, I figured it all out. Right. You know, he, yeah. it was very genuine in the sense that he said, I'm evolving and I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm wrong on this. And helped for us to usher the Marriage Equality Act, which is, I believe, one of Ellen the... Ellen kept movies. asking him back on the show, and she finally... I'm not kidding. Right, I know. But she did. She kept inviting him on the show. She started spending time with him and Michelle, and they came over and spent time with her, and mm-hmm. uh, I want to say Paris. It's not Paris. What is her wife's name? Portia. Uh, Portia. Portia, Portia DeLoso. 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 Yeah. Sorry, But anyway, Portia. no, that's... I mean, I, I want to say that his exposure... Was there too, right? And and sometimes, and I, we talk about this with the racial part, with the racial mm-hmm. issue as well. That sometimes that exposure is what you need, right? To see that that's not what it's not what you perceived. And in this the past. is this isn't even just like ugh, the cap to a problematicness. Right. Like she's had the whole thing with Assad, cozy yes, up with she him. She has a lot of problems. She's so problematic. I don't even. Who? How did she even get on the stage? She's, I don't, what she squeaked in just like some other people did. Like, yeah. I don't even know if fucking so when half it, of them got on there. When it comes to issues on the Democratic platform and what Democrats are for, she's been quite on the opposite side of many of those issues. So I'm not really sure. Next. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just like, I'm trying to think of one more thing about Klobuchar. I did like when she was talking about um, gun sense and how. Kids, it started with the talk about the Parkland kids and how they were changing things and that kids talking about gun sense to their parents and grandparents is going to change that conversation. I did like that. The same way that those kids talking to their parents and grandparents about gay marriage is, you know, getting them to understand things. I, I think that was a really good point there. That's why the Parkland kids have been able to make such a mark right. on, yeah. you know, Absolutely. gun sense in America. I mean, it's taken a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds to tell adults, you know, what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. Did we talk about how Bill kept interrupting everybody on the stage? <laughs> He's wanted to be the loudest voice in the room. I what told you he was the Bernie of night one. I think he was even worse than Bernie. He was a typical New Yorker. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm be de- loud as fucking on in here. I'm debating over here. What I'm debating here. So debating I, kind of, I kind of had a thought about Bellasio, and I feel like he's Trump, but with universal health care and, <laughs> and, and a black sun. <laughs> and a black sun. That is so problematic. <laughs> but you know, because of the way he, he did kind of have that bullyish. He did. Right. Well, he's like 18 he's, feet tall. Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's 18 <laughs> feet tall. He's a little narcissistic. Right, I don't, I don't know enough about him. I'm just, I think it's not that New York, exactly. And maybe like, because I'm a Southerner, I think everybody from that. But I, I have friends in New York. I work with people in New York, and they're not narcissistic like that. They're know. bold and they are loud, but fucking, I'm loud too. Fucking right? loud as hell. I know. I have to sit twenty feet away from the microphone. Jesus, it sounds like I'm about to swallow the microphone. 
because that's another pod though. No, let's <laughs> I have the Patreon episode <laughs> to bring up. Some. I would say my disappointment um, with debate night number one was that Elizabeth Warren she had such a great great first half, and then somehow like after one of the commercial breaks it was like have they even called on her? It just felt like they faded. She faded into the into the background during yeah. the second half. Yeah, I kind of um, wonder sometimes if that, how, how they decide that stuff. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth had also received the most questions. Like, if you go back and you look at okay. the debate, she had the most questions directed at her. And honestly, when it boils down to it, nothing that Elizabeth did on here is either going to hurt her right. or any other way. She- no. <clears throat> okay, so I think we're ready to vote on yeah. night one. So, <laughs> she's like, you don't know? You don't know yet? I know, but okay. it's not good. Okay, so who do you think won night one? You know this answer's loaded for me. <laughs> of course who, it is. Who won night one policy-wise that goes, that's going to go to Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren had the policies okay. that were all ironed out. But who won the debate? Yes. Corey. I feel like Corey what? came out. I, did, I felt like what? Corey. Corey was out there throwing policies out. That's aside from Elizabeth Warren. Okay. And I say that because I'm... I expected genius from Elizabeth Warren and she delivered. We got what we expected. I got what I expected. So we're going to say winner is Elizabeth Warren because that's that's expected. Like she shouldn't even be included so, in this conversation. Right. So who's runner up? <laughs> yeah. So runner up was difficult for me between Corey and mm-hmm. Julian. Like okay. it's just, Now you got to pick. You already said Corey. Yeah. So oh, therefore that's you. Uh-huh. I have to pick. One. You, first, second, third. No. Okay. But, okay. okay. First, second, third. There's only ten. I know. So okay. Alright. I'll, I'll start over. Elizabeth Warren out of the conversation. She won. She's the winner of it. But other than that, this is really tough. I Because Ray's making me pick. It's going to go to Julian. Okay. Oh. I'm, I was almost about to hold you to your saying Corey because you brought him up. But I feel like Julian, I mean, again, caveat that Elizabeth Warren definitely did her thing. But she came out as an A student and delivered a work, we that's, she couldn't do anything. Expected. Like you expect, exactly. you, you expect Jesus to come and turn water into wine. Next, right? Exactly. But the, okay, but I want to say something because I'm I'm struggling with what you just asked me. <laughs> with, uh, I feel like Julian won because he wasn't even on anyone's radar. He's been begging us for the last three months. He's he's been leveling with us every other day. Facebook is pitiful. I'm just gonna level with you. Can I, I get a dollar? Can I get, <laughs> Rise like that? That was sucking the dick for a dollar. Five dollars. I felt like if I was driving around Houston or San Antonio, I was gonna see him off I thirty five with a bag of cash, with a fucking hat, pillowcase. I want to go to the base. Can you give me a dollar? And you know what? Congratulations to that persistence. But to your point, Michelle, he came in with nothing to lose, and it was like because we were all like. What the fuck is going on? Oh, you know, and so that's why I we have to take a picture of you doing that and then make a meme out of it. Okay, well, it will go viral. And that's why I feel like he won, but I overall, I oh, Corey was just magnificent. Oh god, she, and he, you were the most indecisive. I'm, person I'm in the just, world but let me tell you, I'm not the only person that feels like this because out of people who were polled on an NBC poll and a CNN poll, Corey was the clear winner of the night. A lot of people said. Okay, so for me, like when I look at this list of 10 and I kind of ran through like where I would have ranked them going into this on how I think they were, you know, earning their spot. Rate this ranking system. I think, yeah. I think that um, Julian would have been, was like at fifth in. He was like the bottom of the top tier of those 10 people, right? Mm-hmm. But 
I think he did better than Corey. And I don't think it's a matter of I expected less from him. I just felt like he went for Beto. He made big moves. He was making money moves. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't necessarily do I make money moves. I don't think he did better than Corey, but I won't argue that. I'll okay. Yeah, because it's everybody's opinion. Right, right, right. Because exactly. I'm going to blow you away with mine. Like, okay, I don't, go ahead. I, I, She's over here talking about Tulsi. No. <laughs> no. I won't blow y'all away. I just, I'm, so I'm just not into that, like, who came in with the, that the Elizabeth, I think it was Elizabeth Warren. To me, she won the night. But and, we, and we, I think we've all agreed with that, that she won, yeah, but she did it, exactly what we were expecting yeah, her to and, do. And so, right, but I don't want to get into that same old, same old that she just did what she was expected to do. And I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I, agree. I don't want to sound negative about that, but I just want us to think that she did a fucking great job because she's a fucking great candidate. And I think for me, it's and just like, she's, she came off smart because she's genius. I and that's, all of those things. And that's my And point. everybody else, in my opinion, everybody else was just trying to be as good as her. And that's the reason. She set the standard, and they're all just trying to do that. But that's my point when I said she shouldn't even be included in this conversation. It's because, Aside like. Aside from Elizabeth, the, who do you think won the debate? Yeah, <laughs> right? right? Right. Because the, the thing about it is that, like, you can't. Yeah. Compare her to. Right. You can't. She's just a different class of candidate. <laughs> like, I was really disappointed that she was on the stage night one. Because I was like, why y'all trying to play her like this? Should have been on night two. Because what I wanted to see was a Kamala, Warren... Because those two, that's what I wanted to see. But right. I was, I just feel like they tried I, to play her by putting her yeah. in that one. Because she was going to cut Joe Biden's throat off. And I they think, know that. I think I think we might see Yeah, that right. Now. Why are you cutting me off when I'm yeah. getting off on my shit? I know, right. So Ray, Ray told us to wrap this shit up because we talked <laughs> an hour and a half about night one. We still got night two to go to. Okay, so, so are we giving our losers for night one as well? Can I yes, be, can I be recused? Okay, I want to go first yeah. because I had to actually look at the list to see who I didn't have any <laughs> notes about. Um, that would be Tim Ryan. That was the dude that all of us kept oh. looking at going, which one? Who is he? What's his name? Who? Huh? Who? Oh, yeah. But, so can I ask a question? Yes. Is it who lost the debate or who who lost the most from the debates? I would say who lost the debate. Who lost the debate. Oh. However you want to take that. Because Tim, either way, is a non-fucking factor to me. He can come, he can go, either way, he's going to be gone. But it's, I bet lost the debates. Yeah. Of the and top tier candidates, he definitely lost because the Because he had a lot to lose. Like, and that I'm hurts my heart. That hurts mine too. I'm so heartbroken to say that. And I was like, can I be recused? Because they're, oh. It's because I, I look at Beto and kind of like, I was like, in the same bracket as Elizabeth Warren is like, I'm going to get genius. He's going to get out there as far as like debating I and all him and Elizabeth were just going to go at it with each other and, right. and have like this in, incredible, intense um, debate argument, but not at each other, but just about policy and, right. and, get, and get really detailed and intricate. Absolutely. I, I was so looking forward to that because I wanted to know what her great mind and his great mind can talk about. I was looking forward to an exchange like, of ideas. Yeah. And, that's the reason why I feel like that's why I asked you is this about who lost the debate or who had the most to lose and I feel like he lost the debate because he had the most to lose yeah and um it I, to watch him feels a lot like that my heart broke um I I, I hope that that's my choice too and, yeah. and it yeah I mean 
from the moment that we started it. But okay, we're gonna wrap up. We're gonna take a break because we've we still have night two to go to. <laughs> oh we might God, have to split yeah. this up into 15, episode fifteen A and episode fifteen B. Like debate a two parter. We might do a two parter, yeah, because it's gone really long. That way, people All can right. listen to it. Split you know up. what? We're making an executive decision, y'all. This is gonna be a two parter. Oh, our first one. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so that is a wrap up on episode fifteen point one of debate night number one of the. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> the you Demo- have a horn. I know the Democratic candidate um, debate. And tune in for episode 15.2 of debate night number two. Stay tipsy, my friends. Bye. She didn't even say goodbye. How rude. No. Oh my god. What's wrong with you? in politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAP Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.